0: Open your heart and get ready to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of The School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session.
1: All right, you know, anytime the Lord is going to take anybody anywhere, their prayer life is always challenged. And you have to recognize that wherever you're at right now, um, whether you feel strained, you feel uh, weighted down, you feel like, I can't continue, that is actually just a, an unction, or not an unction, but a, a uh, the, the war that you are in is actually the stretching that equips you to pray in a way that you couldn't pray before. Does that make sense? Okay, Jesus is, the, it, the Bible says that Jesus is the same today, yesterday, and tomorrow. What's it say in the Bible about the glory of God, the elders that are around the throne? It says they got they, 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 they get on their knees, they sit up, they look, and they go, oh, new glory. And then, boom, they fall back down. They're, they shut their eyes, they go back into darkness. And that darkness, actually, because of the heart of the elder, the heart of the elder knows that there's a new glory coming. And so he's looking with expectation because he, once he gets overcome by the glory, he falls down, he goes, his eyes are shut, he goes into a dark time, But then in his heart, he knows there's a new thing coming. And so he gets back up and goes, oh, my God, I thought the last one was amazing. But the the next glory, boom, they fall back down again. Get back up, fall back down again, get back up. You know, if, if, if you function in that way, you've got to recognize that the season where you saw the glory of God and then boom, it feels like you were you're being stretched you're being pulled in a way you're struggling with things you didn't have to do you 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 felt you 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 were overcome by glory but he wants to show you more glory so he takes you into this season where you are are waiting for this new thing and it doesn't feel good but he stretches your heart he makes room in your heart for you to want him in a way that the last glory couldn't reveal right and so if you know that in your heart the waning that we struggle with in prayer is actually a sign to you that there's a new glory coming. Are you with me? Yeah. Are you with me? Yes. Yeah. I called Stephen Tabby. The Lord's been showing me this continuation vision encounter about Stephen Tabby probably since about January. What I, what I saw in the vision is I've, I've seen this church struggling with what I'll call a spirit. It's, I saw Steve having his arm around a crocodile, which in the Bible, the crocodile is a symbol of Satan as Leviathan. Okay, It's something that lurks underneath the water. You can't see it, but until it's drawn to the surface so that you can fight what you can't see. See, a lot of us think that life's going on, going on along smooth, but underneath the surface, there's things lurking there. But when the Lord says it's time to deal with something, He brings it up. And it's because when He brings it up, it's because there's something important that He wants to release and equip you with for the, for the next season. Okay? And so in this vision, I've, I've, I've seen Tabby sitting along the sidelines. But in the, in the, last, in the last thing that the Lord showed me, um, I saw Jesus equipping Tabby with, with a new knife, a sword. Um and I saw her opening the belly of, of the crocodile, and out of the crocodile came um what do you think came out? If you were to guess what came out, what would you hope came out? You could come up with a whole bunch of stuff, but you know what? The Lord has a specific thing when he reveals things in, in vision that he wants you to be aware of. What came out of the belly were um what I'll call prayer shawls, mantles, equippings. And if I you may say, Well, why is that important? And the reality is that most of the people that come and sit in today's churches have such a disconnected relationship with the Lord that they don't think they're of value like the prophets of old that wore a mantle, right? But the Lord the Lord doesn't the Lord say in in uh, when when in Isaiah 61 when Jesus you know that's the G, the scripture Jesus stood up in the in in the synagogue, and he said, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me to heal the brokenhearted, deliver, all, all that supernatural stuff. But if you follow the Scripture down, at the very end of the Scripture, it says that He will clothe you. He will ordain you with jewels. he will He will put the royal equipping on you. Right? There is an equipping for every one of you. There is a mantle for every one of you. There is a prayer shawl for every one of you. There is a cloak for every one of you. There are clothes that the Lord has for you. And if you don't think of your value in his eyes, you'll not fight for what's rightfully yours. So the Lord has positioned this church. You may look around and say, well, where'd everybody go from four years ago? We used to have 200 people or whatever. But the Lord has a unique, amazing way of revealing to a small group of people something that is so supernatural, that most people can't believe. When Jesus was when Jesus uh, said, "Who will drink my blood and eat my bread?" The thousands that were being fed by the by, by the the bread and the fish, they all left, and he was left with the, his followers, the twelve disciples. He was only left with twelve out of over five thousand people, right? So when Jesus is going to do something supernatural, he oftentimes will dwindle the crowd. And you, you might say, "Well, that's not the purpose of the church." Well, no. The purpose of your relationship with Jesus is to follow Him. And that may be 10 people in a church for a season. That may be 400 people in a church for a season. That may be a fully equipped uh, army going to the nations for a season. But whatever it is, the Lord, you have to know that the Lord, you follow the Spirit of God. You don't judge by what the, the building and everything else looks like. The question is, are you following the Holy Ghost? And are you praying what the Holy Ghost has called you to pray? And if you don't believe that Jesus has a special equipping for you, you'll pray like a wimp. Do you, do you approach the Lord expecting Him to speak to you and then you turn around and prophesy what He's equipped you to prophesy with? Or do you just speak some Scriptures once in a while or bypass your prayer life most of the time or whatever? I mean, the, the point of your relationship with the Lord is Him revealing what you are. He actually equips you. He prepares you. And if you, when your heart aligns with what He says to you and you actually own it, you then are ready for what He has in the next time and season, right? So my challenge to you is, let's just take the last 12 months. Have you prayed what He's revealed to you? Have you agreed in your heart, this is what I am. This is what I am. You know, just for those of you who are in a very struggling time right now, in 2013, Shelly and I moved to Pittsburgh. I think we've shared some of this before. By the end of 2013, this spirit had come upon me in such a way that at certain times of the day, particularly at night and evening, I would literally be laying on my bed half comatose. The, the strength was, was drawn out of me and she, she, because she had never seen me like this before. I had never seen myself when I knew the Holy Spirit like this before, she'd be shaking me on the bed saying, Dave, what's wrong with you? And I'm going, I have no idea. (laughs) And you know, and this spirit would suck the living daylights out of me. But then I would push through and the Lord would come upon me in the morning and I would begin prophesying certain specific things that the Lord would speak to me. And I would prophesy. And by the end of that night, the Spirit's back on me. I'm laying there. I, I'm, I'm out of strength. I mean, it, it literally sucked the life out of me. This went on for about 18 months. And um, the reason I'm telling you that is because in that process was an equipping. I had to fight. I had to own what the Lord said I am. He, had, he said specific things to me. He said specific things about nations to me. And I had to believe it Beyond anything my pastor didn't believe, beyond anything that the prophetic guy who was over the house couldn't see in me, didn't support in me. I had to believe it beyond anything that my wife couldn't see. Nothing. There was nothing that in any relationship I could trust in beyond what he was saying to me. And when he, when, he, when he gave me those words, and I would speak them, and this is just me and Jesus in my own time, in this spirit, right there's J- me, Jesus and this spirit <laughs> and, I'm, and and he would show me the spirit I mean this is a, it was a dragon formed spirit. Um, he would show me, he would actually stand and he would write things on on a tablet, specific things to speak on that particular day, and I would speak them and I would see things, and you may say, this is crazy, this guy's out there. But I'm just saying, I, I, I have a very uh, strong prayer life, and it's the only strength I have. My strength in Jesus is in relating to Him and depending on Him to speak to me on a daily basis. Okay? And so, um, I say that to you because after about 18 to 24 months, the Lord came to me one day, one morning. He, he uh, came to me in a dream. He put a cloth on me, sat me up like I was resurrected. said said that I was going to go to the nation of India. The next night I had the same dream, only he said that um, a man from India would call me, and when when he calls, I was to go. Seven days later, that guy from India called me, and the rest is history. I've preached to over 60,000 people in India over the last uh, little over two years. We've seen deaf here. We've seen people come on uh, drug there on cots that can't even walk, get up and walk away. We've seen blind see. We've seen things that don't happen here in America, or I have not seen them. There are people that function in that, but the Lord, had, did, had, the Lord allows me to prophetically minister in this nation to certain people, certain small relationships, but it's not like India. It's different. There's, there was a season that he's, He equipped me for, and He is equipping me again for the next time. And I've known that even in these last two 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 and a half years, even though I'm doing this Awesome thing that I love uh, in a third world country, I knew it like wasn 't the end thing I knew it wasn 't the the uh the end of the game, so to speak, because my heart is is for this country, and I know there's a an equipping and a building that my heart desires to be in relationship in a bigger fashion in this country and so i you know for the last well Ever since I left the church I was with two years ago, I've been pressing the Lord in this. So I'm in this weird state. I'm in India, but the majority of the time I'm here, you know, living normal life, doing, doing normal things. And so I just want to challenge you because the, G- Jesus put a cloth on me, right? He put a, he put a clothing on me. What, what did you actually talk about up here? The bride wears certain clothes, right? Right? So Jesus put this cloth on me and the next thing I know I'm in a foreign land doing something supernatural that I really can't do or don't do here. I have to believe it more than anybody in this country. More than my pastor who couldn't see it. More than the prophet who laid his hand on me and the Spirit of God was imparted to me. They couldn't see what only Jesus... And you may say, well, that's a weird thing. Well, that, that's not a fathering relationship. Listen, Jesus does things without earthly fathers. Anytime there's a reformation going to happen, He never releases a reformation in what we call a legacy pattern. David was sent out to the wilderness, released a reformation. Right? You can go go through through the Bible and find the guys that the Lord actually, uh, Elisha, Elisha actually lives two different lives in the Bible. He lives, he lives a, a time where, um, he fights the prophets of Baal in one season, and then he goes to a cave, and everybody says, well, Elisha failed. He, he, he fell. He, he, he didn't do it right. He, he lost something in that cave. And the reality is that the Lord actually imparted a revival in that cave. He came out of that cave with an oil that came upon Jehu that took down Jezebel and a kingdom. That didn't exist in Elisha before he went to the dark season. Okay? So don't look at your dark season as something that what the Lord doesn't love me. I'm not worried that there's something wrong with me. The Lord births things in people in a, alone in wildernesses that never can be birthed inside of the walls of a house. Somebody can't lay a hand on you and produce what only Jesus can produce in you when you say yes. And so that song you sang, I will praise you with everything, that means that no matter how deep the sorrow and the pain and the discontentment and the answers that you don't have are, that you will literally fall on your face and say, I will go through hell to praise you. No matter what happens in my life, you are my God, you are my King. And then in that process, you extract something out of Jesus that you can't just sit there and receive from somebody preaching and prophesying to you. Are you with me? Are you with me? <laughs> no, I mean, are you with me? Because if you don't grasp that concept that Jesus has something for you, the only thing He said to the, to, to the disciples, the believers, He said, follow me, and I'll make you a fisherman. No, not go sit in a synagogue. Not go listen to 10,000 good sermons. Not have the biggest names in the church lay hands on you. No, no, he said, follow me and I'll make something out of you. I will equip you. I have a clothing. I have an anointing that I'm going to pour on you. So why do you look for the church to do something that only Jesus can do for you? Jesus has come to equip you. In Luke, Luke, uh, oh my gosh, I I talked so long that uh, I lost my... Oh, there we go. All right. In Luke 24-49. Luke 24-49. Jesus is talking to the disciples. And He tells them, do not leave this city. For behold, I'm sending the promise of the Father upon you. Right? And He says, I will clothe you. I don't know if you ever caught that verse. But He says, I will clothe you from on high. That word clothe, the Lord took me there this week because he's talking to me about clothing. I'm going to tell you some things here today that the, the Lord's been talking to me about, about clothing. And he took me there this week, and I so I looked up the Word. Oh my gosh, Jesus actually said He's going to clothe you from on high. It's not just the oil He pours on you. it's in a, It's a clothing. It's a mantle. There's something that, oh my gosh, I'm going to carry that Jesus has specifically for me. But that word clothing is the word, uh, it's in duo. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. It actually means to step into a garment. Are you kidding me? Did you ever see that before? It actually, let me, let me, wait, maybe I'm not speaking to the right crowd. When Jesus says, I will clothe you from on high, that actually means in partnership, I have something for you to wear and I'm waiting for you to step into the garment that will equip you as a king or a queen to go into this world and shake it like I shook it. And there's a darkness of this world that has tried to keep you. What, did, what the, the prophecy I shared that I kept telling about uh, Steve and Tabby, you're in a war because Leviathan has stolen your clothes from your church. Leviathan is trying to keep you from wearing the clothes that Jesus actually had from your church. And you know what will allow that to happen? You see, when, 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 you know, there, there's some movements in this nation right now that are a very equipping, but they're, they're just a glory. You know, there's, there's, there's churches like, like the coming to the altar. You receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And a lot of you think, well, I've got it. I've arrived. And what you really don't recognize is that Jesus not only has a single set of clothes, that in the season change, He will take off one set of clothes and put a new set of clothes on you because He has a different mission for you to do than He did for you three years ago. And you're willing to be satisfied going to the altar ten years ago. You get baptized in the Holy Ghost and oh my gosh, I even pray in tongues. And... And Jesus is saying, no, you don't understand my way. That as you follow me, I lead you into a glory. Then I lead you into darkness because I have something new to give you that you cannot actually get until you endure. Until you pull, you have to extract it out of me. You have to actually pull it out of me. You have to fight Leviathan for what's rightfully yours. You have to reach into it and pull out your cloak. You have to pull out what the prophets wore that equipped them to actually walk into a territory and it shook because they walked with God. See, you don't understand. They didn't, it wasn't because they went to an altar and said, I believe. No, no, no. They wore something. They actually wore something that when they stood in a place, it shook. You see, Jesus gave me a cloth for a nation. It wasn't this nation. He put it on me. And I can't explain it, but when I go over there, I do things that I can't do here. I can prophesy, I can lead you through revelation here. I do things here that are, are, I, like, I like the relationship aspect of it, but I go there as an evangelist, as a prophetic equipped evangelist, to, and I see, I see miracles that are supernatural. I've had pastors in my city say, well, well why doesn't God have you do it there? Why doesn't, why doesn't He let you do it here? And they actually separate from me. They don't actually allow a relationship with me because they don't think that God can allow a man to function one way in one nation and a different way in another nation. You see, I have to trust Jesus that in my season He's equipped me to do a specific thing. And in my yes, in the boundaries that He's set for me, I'm faithful. And I will go and do what He called me to do. Right? Right? I've had to even endure that with with a family that I had to trust to the Lord that was so hurt because of how a church treated us in the process of us following the Lord. I didn't just get up one day and say, I don't like this place, I'm leaving. I don't do anything like that unless Jesus speaks to me. When Jesus said, "It's time to go," I went. And it's not my it's not my problem. It's not it's not my issue. But uh the relational dynamic of you following is where the equipping comes. Okay? And I didn't plan. We're halfway in, and I didn't even plan on talking about all that, but you guys are in deep thought, aren't you? The Lord is searching hearts in here today because He has a plan for you. And the challenge that, you know, the challenge, and I know this is another rabbit trail, but the challenge I gave Steve and Tabby is you can't pray today like you prayed yesterday. Not only are your mantles at stake, the, the mantles on your house, the people that are to go, the people that are to build, their mantles are at stake. You cannot just come in and lay before the Lord. You have to align your heart with the Lord. It's one thing to worship. It's another thing to pro- prophetically announce your alignment with the heart of God. Are you catching me on that? It's cool to to not let go of Jesus, all right? Jesus will test your heart to see if you will hold on to Him. But the person that is actually ready to step into a garment has to extract something out of Jesus that just laying on your face That's cool. Okay, don't get me wrong. I'm just taking you to an elevated process of going from glory to glory to glory. And it's really about the expectation of your heart that you'll not just lay there and endure, but you'll expect by pulling out something out of his heart and saying, I know you have something more for me. And I will not be a victim in this season. I will not continue to allow myself the thoughts of what this season has done and released in my life. Because you have an equipping of me that will not only conquer this season, but equip me to go into the next one. Are you with me? So how do you pray? How do you pray? Because you cannot walk out of here again today praying the same way you prayed. If you don't align your heart and, and begin to literally swing your sword Swing the word of God. Do you know that the true word of God in in Ephesians 6, this is just a nugget for you. In Ephesians 6, when it talks about the armor of God, when it gets to the very end of Ephesians 6 and it starts talking about the sword, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You know that scripture? The word word is the word rhema. That means what you extract out of his heart. That doesn't mean what's written on a page. That means what you extract out of his heart. That doesn't mean what you wrote what was written 100,000 years ago on a page before the, world, before the foundations of the earth. That means the new thing that he has specifically for you, because destiny's locked in your heart, and together Jesus unlocks your heart. The sword of the spirit. Do you actually walk with the sword of the spirit? Do you swing it? Most, most of you have your sword locked in a, in a sheath, and it's stuck. It, can't, it hasn't been out for years. You can actually pray the word of God and never enter your destiny. Are you with me? Do you catch the difference? It it was written. It's true. It's the word of God. It's the Bible. But hidden in his heart is what he says you are, what he's equipping you with, what he has for you. Are you with me? See, I don't know if you're getting this yet, but the prophetic word I gave to that girl is a prophecy over you. Can you pull Excalibur out of the rock? I, I'm preaching to myself right now. Can you pull Excalibur out of the rock? Everybody around you, all the churches, they come, they do the same thing. They stand up, they sing four songs. I guarantee they may even let some prophecy happen. They preach a kind of nice message and it's routine. They call it spiritual, but it's routine. You can actually predict it. They can actually predict what we call spiritual. Spiritual. But the Lord is waiting for somebody to reach into his heart and grab hold of him and touch him in a way that your spiritual routines cannot extract. This is all about rabbit trails today, guys. (laughs) All right, let me get to what I was going to talk about. All right, Jesus has talked to me about clothes in two fashions this week. This week, um, well, let me tell you. When I, when I was born, I was born in Johnstown, Pennsylvania. Um, Johnstown, Pennsylvania is an old steel town. The Bethlehem Steel, U.S. Steel, everything. The whole economy was built around steel. And so <clears throat> my grandfather, uh, he was a, when I say bona fide alcoholic, he, he drank himself into oblivion on a routine basis. Ran around town, um, multiple children out of wedlock, all kind of stuff. But, you know, as a young boy, I idolized my grandfather. I didn't know about all that stuff. It didn't matter to me. I, I looked at my grandfather through the eyes of, of a grandson. He, he was a hero to me. And he, he, when he worked at Bethlehem Steel, um, he would come home in, in a uniform. And uh, so he came home one day um, when I was four years old, and he gave me this jean jacket. And there was a patch on the side. You know, back in the 70s, I had the patches all over the jackets, right? Like, kind of like the bikers. So I'm wearing this, I always wore this jacket. And so, um, you know, in Johnstown, Johnstown's pretty famous for the floods that they've had over over the years. And um, behind, right, uh, we lived in a duplex. On on one side was my grandparents, and on the other side is where I lived, okay? And directly behind the house was this uh, tributary of the Connemon River. It was probably about, it, it was about 20 feet wide, and because of the flood, potential all the time. The uh, Corps of Engineers had built a wall. It was about uh, probably 10 feet high uh, stu- or uh, concrete wall, and it went for miles in both directions. That's how they contained the river, okay? And so the only way to get over the river was this bridge, and this bridge happened to be directly behind the duplex that we lived in to get to the other side. And so as a four-year-old, I would grab rocks and I would go out in that bridge and I would I would I would sling these rocks off off of the thing and you know granted today my wife would never let a four year old on a bridge overlooking a river that a kid could fall in and drown because it's this this, this uh, I call it a creek but it was probably I don't know anywhere from four to seven feet deep in places and anyway one day I don't know what possessed me to do this but. I took off the jean jacket and I slung that jean jacket over over the bridge and it landed on this rock about five feet off of the edge. And my mom was looking out the window and just happened to see as I took off my jean jacket and slugged this jean jacket over the over the rock. My mom comes flying out. What are you doing? What would possess you to do that? You know, I'm four. I don't know. I'm just slinging rocks. The next thing I know, I'm slinging my jacket. And... Um, she gets my grandfather, my, you know, my grandfather, he was drunk. And when I say drunk all the time, he was drunk all the time. He, he, uh, he comes out, he's stumbling, he's cussing like a sailor, and he gets this long clothes, clothes pool, and he reaches in, he's fishing out my jacket, he, he gets out that, he gets it out of the creek, and, uh, you know, my mom washing everything. But, you know, after that experience, I, I can't say I never wore that jacket again, but I didn't wear it like I wore it. Okay, Because I connected the screaming and the yelling and the reaction and everything that I saw to that jacket. And uh, I'm telling you that story because, you know, that happened, uh, I think not, yeah, I was four years old, I was in 1973. And so um, I'm telling you that story because I'm, I'm, I, I, I go to sleep, uh, I think it was Monday night, I go to sleep and all of a sudden, I'm standing on this bridge with rocks in my hands, sling, slinging these rocks, and all of a sudden Jesus appears in front of me, and he's holding this this white. It looks like a cloak. It's one of those. It's like a. Um, it's kind of like a jacket, but it only has one button at the top, and it, it just it it kind of. I guess you'd call it a cloak. Is that what you call it? Um, it's white and has red fringe the whole way around this 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 thing, and so he's standing there. In this dream, and in this dream, I take off this jean jacket, I sling it over, and he puts this new garment on me. Now, that was 1973. Now, I know this is probably more prophetic than you're used to, but my challenge to you is, if Jesus was and is and is to be, and if he knew Jeremiah before he was born, before things that we can even consciously recognize, is Jesus not intervening in our life? Jesus let me see what he was doing in 1973 in my life. He had a garment for me. Even before I went to the altar and I said, I do. Come on, on, man. Come on. So if you are in this mentality that you think the whole process of your future with Jesus is up to you, I'm here to tell you that just as Jesus came to me long before I even knew what was going on in my life, he put a garment on me. And I don't need you to believe it, but I believe it. Come on. I, let me let me let me let me try the crowd over here. I don't know. I don't need you to believe it, but I'm here to tell you that I believe it. But I am here to prophesy over you that Jesus has garments for you. Jesus has garments for you. Now you can actually. Go home today the same way you came or you can say, I'm going to pray and say, Jesus, I want my garment. Show me when you put it on me when I don't even know who you were and show me the equipping of, the, of, of all the garments that you're going to put on me over the years to come. I want my garments. Say that with me. Say, Jesus, I want my garments. I'm willing to take off my jean jacket. That my grandfather put on me. That my parents identified me with. I'm willing to take it off. Because you're here to clothe me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo! Hallelujah. Come on, can you feel the I mean there's like a, can you feel the electricity falling around you right now? Come on, man. There's a shift happening in here right now. There's an absolute shift because you aligned your heart to what the Word of God actually says. That He would clothe you from on high. I break that lie that says there's no clothing for you. I break the the buttons that are on the jean jacket that binds you, that your father put on you, that your mother put on you. That your grandparents put on you back 10 generations, back 20 generations, back 30 generations, back all the way to Adam. I break that lie, and I say over you, you are not destined to wear a jean jacket. You are destined to wear what Jesus Christ has made for you, the clothing that he's destined for you. you. Yeah. Come on, say this with me. Say, Jesus, if you come to Dave in dreams and put a cloth on him and send him to a nation, you can do it for me. I want my cloth. I willingly give up my jean jacket for my cloth. Jesus, I want my cloth. Come on, man. Come on. Come on. You see, the prophecy over the little girl here, Hannah, about Excalibur is that all the other people tried to pull out, and they couldn't pull it out. So when you look to the other people, you end up like them. They never end up pulling out of Jesus what only was for you, that only you have the power to pull out. You have to pull it out. You have to pull out what Jesus said is rightfully yours. You with me? You with me? Come on. Come on, there's a crocodile. Your fight, the fight of this house is because the crocodile has swallowed your mantles. Most of you, I don't know if that makes you angry, but what that is saying in the spirit is most of you really don't believe that you have a mantle. And that makes me mad. And you know what? I'm, I'm here to align my heart with you. I, and, and I'm here to pray with you. Leviathan, I'm coming from my mantle. I'm cutting open your belly. That, that mantle is mine. Jesus gave me a garment. And there is no darkness that Jesus has not crushed. It's been crushed on the cross. And when he resurrected, Jesus, Jesus ascended to heaven to clothe me from on high. That I would wear what he equipped me to wear. Come on. He's looking for you to pray like a madman like a madman, not like what everybody else has accepted church protocol. Come on, what if, what if, what if, your, what if your actual prayer meetings actually were so like, like, like chasing down Jesus, knocking on the door of Jesus, calling out what's yours, de- demanding what is yours, taking back what is yours, and you say, well, I did that once, but nothing happened. How, how long did I pray when that spirit was on me from, from, 19, from, to, from 2013 until Jesus came and, and put the cloth on me to go to India?
0: The whole time we were in Pittsburgh. The whole time
1: we were in Pittsburgh. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, wait. wait. My wife actually said something amazing here. How long were, were we in Pittsburgh? What?
0: Almost two years. Uh,
1: wait. Dave had to pray for what was his for almost two years under an oppression. Wait, say that again. Say, Dave, Dave did what? Come on, man. Yeah. Come on! Amen. That was my destiny. And I, I don't know if you're getting this, man. you got to fight for what's yours. If Jesus said it to you, you're either going to believe it and hold it no matter how hard that oppression gets. The oppression is actually confirmation that there was truth awakened in you. There was truth spoken to you. The spirit of truth is actually a person. It's not written words on a page. Although that's true, the spirit of truth comes to people and releases truth. And when truth is imparted to people, that's what draws your enemy to come and steal the seed. Because the only thing that can actually reproduce is the seed. The true rhema of God. The true word of God. It's living. It's breathing. It's personal. It's what Jesus said you are. And what he said he would equip you with. He would release you with so I'm not asking you to look like rest of the church I'm asking you to pray and demand and knock down hell's gates and take back what is yours amen all right so (laughs) the second thing that Jesus came to me with this week all right Jesus always comes to me in this place in a castle whenever he's going to transition me and so this week I told you I've been going to you for for two years now but I've been in this transition phase for two years now because I've been di- disconnected from the people that I that I love I love people here in in in, in America um, and and we actually we have functioned without a home church uh, since the day we left um, in June of 2016 and so I've been pressing the Lord and pressing the Lord, and so He's talking to me about clothes, right? And so, um, I'm, I'm Jesus takes me, and I'm I'm I, I'm standing in this hallway in this castle, and I'm standing there, and I have in my left hand I have this torch that reads India on it, and I have these two prayer shawls that He gave me, that He sent me to India with, and I'm holding on to them vehemently, and so both of my hands have something they have to do, and so He's standing there. Guess what? He's standing there holding that white garment with red fringe that he gave me on the bridge in 1973. He's standing there holding it, and at his feet is another torch. And all I can see on the torch is the word USA. And as I'm sitting there, I begin to think, you know, what do I do? I don't want to leave go what you gave me. I literally don't want to leave go of what you gave me. And see, this is the next phase. Not only are you struggling with what your grandparents and your forefathers put on you, you're also struggling with being willing to leave go of the glory that Jesus gave you in the last season so that you can grab hold of the glory He has for you in the new season. And so I'm standing there, and in my heart of hearts, I'm, I'm like, as much as I want that, I don't know what that is, but I like this. I love to go to this, this nation. I love what happens when I go to this nation. I love it. I love it. And so, two days in a row, this dream turns into a conversation. And then uh, after that, it turns into a vision in my prayer life for the last three days. And we're having this conversation. <laughs> and I finally, I finally got to this point. I was like, Jesus, I, need, I, I just need help. I want to do what you want me to do. I'm willing to give up what you want me to give up. I'm willing to go do what you want me to do. And the next thing that I can explain to you is Jesus came over and He gently allowed my, my right hand to, to leave go of these, these prayer shawls. And in front of my eyes, He started cutting them into strands and He braided them together and He put it over me so that I didn't have to hold it. But it was draped over my shoulder so that it, could, it literally couldn't be taken off of me. Okay, and so he frees up my right hand and then he reaches down and uh, he he takes the other torch and he exchanges the torches. And after I can see USA, he turns it around and shows me that India is still on the torch. So not only did he allow me to keep India, he gave me a new thing. Okay, and so as he's doing the torch thing, he then takes that cloak and puts it on me. And so not only is this cloak different in that it buttons at the top and I don't have to hold it on. He's now put a cloth on me that I don't actually have to hold tight on. It's it's me. I own it. He's buttoned it on me. So I'm holding a torch, but I have a free hand now. I have a free hand to actually uh, do something. Right? And as he puts this cloak on me, is like this weight came on me. I couldn't hold myself up. And I said, I said, Jesus, I, I don't have the strength to carry this. I can't do it. And all of a sudden, he, he spoke this scripture to me. He pointed me. when he pointed at me, this scripture came across my chest on this cloak. It said, 1 Samuel 19, 19. And when he, when he spoke that, it's like this strength came up into me. And dude, I'm telling you, in, in this encounter, I was strengthened in a way that I was like, in my heart, I was like, all right, I'm ready. And he turned me and we started walking toward this hallway. And there's a piece of it. I'm not going to tell you at this time because I think it's kind of personal. But um, he turned me to, to walk me toward my, my purpose. Okay, let me read what first Samuel 19:19 says. You're going to this is going to blow your mind. This is this is actually going to blow your mind. The story here, Saul had actually tried to pin David to the wall with a spear. You know, it wasn't David's fight, right? David didn't pick the fight. Shelley and I didn't pick the fight. But we found ourselves in a fight. And David, he actually thinks he's doing the nation a great thing. He destroys a giant that actually was ruling over them because Saul was in fear, right? He shook on the mountain in fear. And so Saul then gets jealous. He starts chasing David through the wilderness, Right? So the Scripture actually says, verse 19, Now it was told Saul, saying, Take note, David is in Naoth in Ramah. And I didn't know what that was. I've never studied this portion of of Samuel. So I start studying Naoth in Ramah. Naoth is the place where Samuel birthed the school of the prophets. Naoth is the place where... um, the, the, the prophetic release was so great that Saul, I think it was in chapter 14, actually came into that area. And because he got so close, he started to come under the anointing and he started to prophesy. That's how strong the anointing was in this place. And so David is actually with Samuel in Naoth. The king to be and the prophet are together and the king who's trying to kill him can't get close to him let me let me finish this then Saul sent a messengers they were actually assassins then Saul sent assassins to take David and when they saw the group of prophets prophesying Samuel standing as leader over them the spirit of God came upon the assassins of Saul and they also prophesied and when Saul was told he sent another group of assassins and likewise they prophesied Then Saul sent messengers a third time. They prophesied. Oh my God. Then he also went to Ramah. Saul said, this can't be true. There's no way this can be happening. Even though he had experienced the power of the spirit of prophecy. So Saul goes. And someone said, indeed they are at Nioth in Ramah. So Saul went there. Then the Spirit of God came upon him. He went on and prophesied until he came to Naoth and Ramah. And he stripped himself of his clothes and prophesied before Samuel in like manner, laying down naked day and night before the prophets. Are you kidding me? And you may say, well, why would the Lord give you that scripture? Can I tell you, and what my wife just testified to, I prophesied what the Lord spoke to me for years when it didn't exist. And the power of David, the king to be, and the prophet together. Inside of you is a prophet and a king. Let me say that again. Inside of you is a prophet and a king. And when the prophet speaks the identity of the king, an anointing is released that causes even your enemies, your assassins, the king that was trying to take out David, when he got close, he came under the power of the Holy Ghost in such a manner that... Are you getting this? When the prophet in you lines up with the king in you, there's an anointing that's released that even your enemies will fall down on their face naked before the Lord. And you will cause even those hardened in hearts to begin to speak the word of God in a way that is impossible. It's actually an impossible thing. It's it's totally impossible unless the prophet in you, the one who wears the cloth, lines up with the identity in you, the kingship, the true identity of what you are, when they come together. When they come together. Are you catching this? So why is your mantle important? See, I was always taught that only the special elite, the super elite, Spiritual, not even the sub-prophets, only the high prophets walk tall with a big mantle. The arrogance of a house that would actually segregate the people from what they really are. Lie from the devil. Lie from the devil. Maybe you grew up in a house like that where you were just supposed to be happy being a sheep. Did you ever hear that? Milk the goats, feed the sheep, milk the goats. You want to talk about making me angry? Dude, that makes me so angry. I hate that. That is such a deceptive lie that is riddled, that is riddled throughout what we call the spirit filled church. It's a lie because you know what it does? It actually allows you to justify why it's okay for you to just sit in a pew When the Lord actually has called you, whether it's to walk down the street and to prophetically release His nature to the people, or to have a farm where they come and gather, no matter where it is and what He's called you to do, the only thing that equips you to do it is there's a cloth that the king in you and the prophet in you is waiting to align. And when it comes into alignment, there is such a supernatural power released that even your enemies, when they come close, they will strip themselves Of the lie. Are you getting this? The clothes that Saul wore are a symbol of a lie. When when David was going to fight the giant, Saul said, let me put my armor on you. And David tried it on and said, no, 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 I'll not wear that armor. I will go with the Holy Ghost. I will not wear what you wear as a king. And when David went and he reached into that brook and pulled out five stones, he slung that giant, he killed that giant with only the Holy Ghost 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 and when he did it it was a symbol that I'll not wear what the house what the house says I am what the equipping of the common church and the limits they put on me and the and the Im- impossible things that they allow me to see myself and accept myself as limited what a lie what a lie and uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, are you, are you getting this? When, when the, the, the word Jesus put on my cloak was that even your enemy, even Saul, who has tried to kill you, when he comes close to you, he'll even strip off his clothes. He'll even strip off the lie. Isn't that, I mean, that's like a prophetic, like supernatural, and all that out of your heart aligning with a prophetic release. I mean, can you, can you picture David? I mean, I don't know what you think this, this whole thing is. I, I picture David and Samuel. And Samuel's saying, what do you got, David? And David's going, do you remember when you poured that oil on me? And you said, the Lord said, I'm a king. I've been running in the wilderness for the last five years. I'm, I'm weary. I'm, I'm feeling like it's just not going to happen. And Samuel says, no, 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 son. You don't know how kings are made. You don't know how kings are made. You don't know how kings are made. And David and Samuel rises up and he, he, he rallies the prophets around David. And they begin to prophesy about David being a king. They begin to prophesy something. It pulls down heaven in such an overload, an outpouring of the Holy Ghost, that David is actually embodied in what Samuel poured on him and said that he is. And it was such a power, it was such a prophetic release that all the assassins and Saul ended up under the power of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. I wanna wear that garment, Lord. I want to wear that garment that you had for me way back in Johnstown, Pennsylvania on David Street in 1973. I want to wear that garment that causes everywhere I walk that people will come under the power of the spirit of prophecy. That they would strip off their clothes. Lord, let everybody in here right now strip off the lie. Let every lie, Lord. Let every lie let every lie that they've embodied, the weightiness of depression and hopelessness and despair, the weightiness of, of never owning up to what uh, the, 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 the people above them said that they would never accomplish, and all the control and all the lies and, and the things that actually keep people limited. I break that lie in Jesus' name. I break that lie and I declare that Leviathan's belly is open, yes. that your mantle is upon you. That your mantle is upon you. That your mantle Jesus had before you were even in the womb. It says He knew you before the womb. Jesus, let these mantles come upon these people. Lord, now that their minds are right, now that their minds are right, that their hearts are set on You, that they know You have more for them, Lord. Let the mantles come on them that they would carry what You equip them to carry. Lord, that the spirit of prophecy would be released where they walk. That the spirit of prophecy would be released in their homes. That everybody that comes in their homes would be stripped naked of all the lies, all the insignificance, all the depression, all the fear, all those lies that they would be stripped off of them in the name of Jesus. Lord, let the grace of true identity, let the prophet in them and the king in them lined up. I command the king and the prophet that you've put in every person here to line up now in the name of Jesus. Lord, let the supernatural spirit of prophecy come upon them that they would prophesy what you've prophesied to them, that they would prophesy the dreams that you've given to them, that they would prophesy the visions that you gave to them, that they would speak what nobody else can can believe, Lord, but what you spoke to them in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus'
0: name. Thank you for joining this week's episode of The School of the Holy Spirit. For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to davidcupett.org. D-A-V-I-D-C-U-P-P-E-T-T dot O-R-G. You can also find The School of the Holy Spirit podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma Magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book, The Key of David, Experiencing the Voice of God, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.